From the heart of Austin, Texas, this is Take It or Leave It with your hosts, Nathan Fernandez and Roger Craycroft. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Take It or Leave It for Roger Craycroft. I'm Nathan Fernandez. If you'd like to give us a follow on Twitter, we are Tioli512. That's T-I-O-L-I-512. Plenty of great tweets. Uh, I do <laughs> <to> follow by <laughs> <laughs> Nice, dude. It's been about a month since we left you, right? Or has it been longer? Yeah. We shouldn't have left you. I've rounded up. Lots of... Lots of uh, different things going on. It's the holiday season now. We're glad to get back on track, just like our San Antonio Spurs. Right back on track. Just got done watching them just blow out the, the Clippers, the sorry Clippers, who were once atop the West, and uh, you know now we just blew them out. Oh, how the great have fallen. Yep, how the tables have turned. We really just looked a lot better these last four games. And we're going to talk about more in depth, but the Spurs have been through a lot of stuff these first, you know, six to six to eight weeks of the season. Um, yeah, some good things, some bad things. Yep, yeah, they started off six and two, and then ended up dropping off all the way. Our lowest point was being at eleven and fourteen, and we knew this was going to be a tough year, um, and it was going to take some time before we really like knew the identity of this team or knew our rotations would be solidified. But for twenty to thirty games, which is where we're at. You know, we're not in a terrible spot just because of where the entire Western Conference is. Pretty crazy at this point to still see no separation from 1 through 14. Sorry, Phoenix Suns, worst record in the league. And the only team in the West that has less than 10 wins. But there's like five in the East. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But the Suns still have the worst record. Yeah, yeah they're still um, just the bottom of the bottom. But, you know, we all knew the West would be super competitive like it was last year, but this is on a whole nother level that it is right now. I mean, between 1 and 14, separated by, what, five, six games. It, it's pretty crazy to think about. I know it's December and it's super early, but, you know, the Warriors are going to end up the number one seed with all likelihood. But who is going to be, like, two through eight in what order? Right now, you know, if the season ends today, the Spurs would have been just barely on the outside looking in. Um, I think we're probably ninth or 10th by now. The Rockets have won a few games. They would be completely out of it. They would be in the lottery. Um, so obviously it's an 82 game yeah. season. So in every game is crucial, but pretty crazy to think about how, uh, you know, how unexpected this season's turned out to be for the entire league. I mean, especially like you look at a team like the Rockets who, who lost 17 games all of last year, and now they're already already lost 14 games. Um, but they're getting back on track, just like the Spurs. So you know it's going to go down to to the wire. This team has has already echoed the sentiment that they're playing with urgency and they're playing with with a sense of purpose going forward. And I think these last couple of games, especially since we've been playing these teams like for the second time now, the Jazz. Yeah, we've a couple of really Lakers nice revenge games. Right, revenge games. Lost, you know, we got blown up by the Jazz last week, so we came out and we, we, we stuck it to him. And then this one of the four Suns wins of the year was against us earlier this year, and we avenged yeah. that one big time. Didn't want to make it five. Starters Can't got be some two rest. of those. Yeah, and then tonight we avenged that loss to the Clippers we had, which was right after that Suns game, like a month ago. Yeah, they were, they were um, bunched together for sure. So it was like, 
that was a tough loss, and and Lou Williams didn't play tonight, but it was a good one for the Spurs. We won by like almost forty. So yeah, and it was convincing. Um, I mean, throughout the whole game, yeah, it was, was it wire to wire? Yeah, it was wire to wire, much, yeah. for sure. Um, there were some antics at the beginning too, with the the two free throws after a continuation. Yeah, foul. I have no idea what that was. Yeah, and then the tech called DeMar on Demar. Yeah. yeah, he was he was heated up about something. He was there right was a, there was like the, a reach in foul. Yeah, the, or, there, or sorry, there was a re, a reach in like deflection out of bounds, and then he like grabbed Avery Bradley's arm, and they called a foul. It wasn't much, and then he got fouled by Gallinari, and they didn't call it. So it was just like very all over the place, and he got very heated. You don't see him get very upset often, so it must have been some some serious flaws. But you know, I I know. As Spurs fans, we are have been so accustomed to the success that this team has had. Um, but we'd be lying if if we said that we just thought this this season was going to be a cakewalk. I mean, we lose so much of our team last year, and this trade has obviously shocked the franchise. But you know, I feel like we we had some kind of prep after last year's team <laughs> going down to the playoff race, very end of the season. And I think it's going to be just like that this year, but we're definitely on the right track now. We just got to see, I don't think there'll be any separation, honestly, um, until the all-star break, maybe like 50 games. in, we'll see if anybody pulls away. Yeah. The 50 game mark a little after the halfway point is when teams have to start really separating themselves, I right. guess. Cause it, it could be very close. Like it is now. I mean, there's there's nothing we've seen that shows us otherwise. Last season was really similar, where everybody beats every everybody else, mm-hmm. and yeah, you end up with a close race throughout the whole season. It comes right down to the last week. That's yeah. what we love about the NBA, right? And Especially the, the Western Conference. Yeah, no doubt. And the the East is, is more of an arms race this year because LeBron is in the West. So like those East teams actually yeah. know they have it a is, shot it, at the it's finals. It's a lot more wide open. Right. There's basically four teams in the East and. Well, you know, Indiana, whatever. The the East can be anybody, but it seems I like, like you know, it seems like uh, it seems like Toronto and, and Boston are gonna probably end up being them. But you know, yeah. Philly's kind of what we thought the whole time. But Philly's basically got we'll three all stars now. Um, yeah, that was, you know, that's, that's Indiana, a big change. Indiana's getting better, and and we know about Milwaukee, and they've been a little bit inconsistent lately. So the Spurs' last five games have been a little bit more consistent. Um, the NBA is so weird though, and, and just the Weird way that the offense has started out. It seemed like the refs were really on, on the case of, of promoting body and ball movement, which is great. But I think they've kind of reverted back to the mean. Um, we played we played the Lakers all four times now. So in these last two games, you know, we scored 115 plus. I think in almost in both of them, and one of them was a win, one of them was a loss. And then with Utah, you know, they had put like 130 plus on us the week before, and then we ended up beating them, and they scored under 100. Mm-hmm. So it's that obviously continues to be the formula for yeah, the Spurs. I yeah. mean, keep them under 100, and yeah, win, basically. And they showed that on the broadcast tonight. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. What oh, they, I didn't see that. What yeah. they called it, um, but it was like, yeah, if we hold teams under 100, Jazz had 97, the Suns had like in the 80s, and so did the Clippers tonight. Let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good. Davis dials for three. The bad. That did not look good the way DeJounte Murray landed. The ugly. I'm not a happy camera. All right, so the good. What we all thought would be for the Spurs this year is our offense. We're currently a top 10 offense in the league by offensive rating 
111.4. We're at ninth right now. And our offense, like we've said all year, has kept us in most games, which is like the opposite of what we've said in past years where it's been our yeah. defense. It does feel good. But down the stretch. Because the defense will come. Yeah, the defense is, is coming now. It right. seems like down the stretch, though, and like that Lakers loss, which is now our last loss, it just seemed like down the stretch there were so many shots that were just like we're well defended, but we didn't defend the last pass or the last rotation, and just like we were leaving bits and pieces off of of our fundamental defense, which is it's a, it's a completely new system for like what seven or eight players on our team. Yeah, that's true, and um, especially playing like a lot of minutes. Yeah, and our our points per game. Uh, just league-wide is dead average at 14th in the league. But in the month of December, our offensive rating is at third. It's only been four or five games in December, but we're currently setting as one of the top three offenses in the league, which all right, which you which you know can take you very far in the game. And then if the defense just comes in important places, it can be a really good... Yeah, I mean, I'd, I think team. I'd rather see good offensive production early in the season like this and hope that our coaching is what brings the defense, you know, around to where right. we need it to be by the time uh, it matters right. for like getting position for the playoffs. And uh, and I think that as as that goes on, it can only get better, really. Yeah, exactly. Barring injury. And speaking of that, the bad I wanted to point out, just some of these routes we've taken, which I hate to admit, I've gotten a little numb towards getting just yeah. drubbed. We've handed out a couple now, though. Which we, yeah, is like, we've I'm really them out. It feels good. I'm okay with with that now. But so far yeah. in like 30 games, we've allowed 130 like four or five times, which is yeah. like only happened with pop like five times in 20 something years. Definitely weird to see. But for example, like our last few games, you know, like I said, we allowed 86, 97, 120, 113 tonight, 87. It's been that same form. If we can keep teams under 100, we know that the offense will be there to get us. Like I mentioned, we're averaging, you know, well over 110 um, in, in a pop defense, team defense. It, it should be a lot better. And we haven't, you know, since the last five games, we've gone four and one. So, yeah. And in those blowouts that we had, obviously we were giving up a lot of points, but also just not making any shots. Yeah. Nothing just was shots nothing's falling. Off, yeah. And and sometimes it's uh it looks like bad production just with sh- shot selection and stuff, but we've also had just some bad luck in games yeah, with uh, stuff not falling, you know, combination of that with giving up 130. Yeah. Got blown out a few times. Yep. And so our spacing has suffered. Seems here like and they're there, turning it around a little bit. We had some guys in and out of the uh, in and out of the lineup recently, but it seems like we've pretty much been healthy. You know, Gasol is still out. I don't know how much his integration will help uh, going back. It shouldn't uh, hurt. Kind of, um, probably not. But I do like our rotations. Lonnie as they are Walker right now. is playing in Austin. It seems like he's not going to get the call up for a while, which is yeah. I didn't just expect fine. I'm not to. as mad about it as other Spurs fans are. We with the way our team is playing right now, the way it doesn't really matter what we playing, want. I, mean, I don't. Just, <laughs> that's true. that's also true. <laughs> we got we got to just let him do what's best for the player. He's gonna get so much conditioning and and seasoning. And, and he's hanging Austin, out in Austin, man. And, like, yeah, you know, that's true. Feel feel for, feeling good for the kid. He's back to playing the game. And finally, the ugly of the Spurs so far defensive performance all around has been truly abysmal. Uh, our defensive rating is good enough for twenty fifth in the league. So luckily, you know that's. Not last. Not last. Um, allowing 113.4 points per 100 possessions. Not very good. But like I mentioned earlier, a lot of our defensive issues have been very fundamentally based. You know, 
just lack of communications on switches and transition, you know, leaving the trailing man open or, or not getting help from the weak side, making a late adjustment. And, and you know, it's it's so obvious sometimes you just know that it's just going to work out in time. It seems like our guys have been stepping up a little more, being more aggressive on the defensive end. I think maybe getting Derek White has been a big difference. Yeah. I, he's kind of still getting worked into the team, but mm-hmm. he's really settling in yeah. these like last four wins. Right. So I think that's making a difference yeah. at least. Yeah, I wouldn't something. say that anybody you know on our roster is, is you know a defensive stalwart, but you know we're making it work. You know, I think we just get some crucial stops yeah. down the stretch in our offense. Yeah, stops. Lots of steals, especially yeah. in the game tonight. I think that's a big. Part of the Spurs brand of basketball, yeah. that that bully ball, and of course, our you know we're still the lowest in the league and in, in, in fouling. You know, we rarely you know that's good. Teams are not in the bonus lot, so at least we're not giving them away free points. But yeah, I'm, I'm liking the the outlook for this team going forward. Now, you know, four in a row is no small feat compared to where we were just a few weeks ago, being under 500. That week long stretch being under 500 was the first time it's happened in like almost 15 years or something. Yeah, um, it was a weird feeling. It was a weird feeling. Just <laughs> we're, we're out of the dark the feeling now, that we you know? don't have. Yeah, feeling we experienced, and now I yeah. don't want to experience. Yeah, it we anymore, tried it out. So. Walked in uh, another team's shoes for a couple weeks. Don't didn't, didn't like record it. the podcast for Did a little not, while. Went a little dark unrelated there, though. Zero dark thirty. It was unrelated. We had there was some vacations. Unrelated. There were some holidays. Oh, so some we're back at it now. Professional lives, you know. My yes. time is, is yes. valuable. Yes. Deeply, deeply Busy, valuable. Right. young professionals. Sorry, guys. That's my bad. Go on. All right, let's get into the superlatives. Superlatives. All right, so through 30 games in, in the NBA so far, I got to say our most improved player from, from last year to this year, and he could go to a lot of guys, but I think it has to go to Bryn Forbes. Jakob Pertl, because so he far, wasn't on the well, team, and now he improved himself by Jakob, becoming I'm getting, on I'm our getting, team. I'm getting to Jakob. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we definitely uh, should not have doubted Brand last year, but I'm not gonna lie, yeah. we definitely did. This we, podcast we, yeah. was not a huge fan of of, of Brand. We laid some of uh yeah some of our issues right on his doorstep. Yeah. That might not have been fair, and that was not fair because he shot 39 percent from three last year, yeah. and he's a great is, free throw. Shooter. He was our I mean, highest. He does all the all the right things. Well, one of the things that he improved on greatly so far was his free throws. He's yeah. shooting 84 percent from the line last year. He shot 66. And, of course, he has a lot more minutes this year, averaging almost 28 with DeJounte getting injured. He's been more of that, like, combo guard, more than just a natural two guard. Um, But he's averaging over 12 points on 45% from the field, 43% from three-point line. He was the leading scorer in that Phoenix game. Yeah, he he was. He had 24. He said it was the first double-double of his entire, like, basketball career. Oh. He said he never got a double-double before. Yeah, with rebounds, right? Yeah, he had 11 rebounds. And you know he's averaging almost ten minutes more this this year, like I mentioned. Yeah. Um. And I feel Seems like, like he's, he's in really good shape. Yeah, he is in really good shape. He's bulked up. Yeah. He's the, he's not as much of a push around on the defensive end anymore. Yeah. And he's really just he's uh, got good feet on defense. Yeah. I mean he he moves well and like keeps his defender right in front. Like yep. Wide low stance. I mean he's he's. And pretty, it seems just sturdy. like the uh, the casual untrained eye. It just seems like he's very fundamentally sound. Like right. all, all his shots are shoulder squared, you know, pointed right at the hoop, and you know, even if they don't go in, they look good. <laughs> it's that Michigan State coaching. Yeah, there you go. 
I still web. see some of that that youth in him, though, when he gets a little in his own head and he gets sure. a little mad. But that'll yeah. come with time. But yeah, he's definitely in his own shoes. Yeah, now, yeah. and I respect him. You know, a lot I like more to see the guy have season. some emotion, sure. though. Yeah, it's good. That, I think that's important for the Spurs. Maybe yeah. we uh, should move move uh, to more emotional play. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Demar was pretty I mean, fired up tonight. Speaking of, uh, I would say you know our boy Davis is probably one of the most emotional players. That that gif of him on the. <laughs> On the floor screaming, he was huge in that Lakers game. Um, yeah. And I'm sure he's had a couple emotional days. We heard that him and his wife just had their first child. I don't think I heard about the, the sex of the of the kid. A daughter. Yeah. A ba- oh, it was a daughter. Okay. Baby laser. Congrats Baby on laser. The sex. Baby so, laser. So, yeah. Congrats, congrats to them. To him on, on and them. Him and his wife. Um, But huge, huge ups to him. So our sixth man of the year could go also to Davis. It could go to Patty. Um, but I really wanted to highlight guy you talked about just earlier Jakob Pertle the yak um, right. yak attack uh he he's been he's shown flashes of brilliance uh, LaMarcus played some pretty heavy minutes of the early part of the season but he's really broken out this last stretch of games last 10 games or so he really came out in that second Lakers game we had recently yeah is that um, the game he had the, the big tip Duncan yes yeah that yeah. was pretty cool yeah uh so he was just murdering the Lakers all night in the pick and roll Lamarcus was relatively ineffective in that game, so yeah, stayed in the whole fourth quarter. Yeah. And and he just he's just got a good feel of it. Uh, you know, he's got you know good footwork, has a good touch around the rim, and yeah. you know he big felt, motor. Feels like every time he touched the ball, when he touched it, it was either going to be a great pass or it was just going to be a basket. Uh, a passing big man yeah. on the Spurs. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Wow. Um, and then in that game against Utah, LaMarcus was in foul trouble, and he stayed in, and uh, he shot 65% from the field so far this year, and, and that was shocking until I looked uh, at his numbers with the Raptors last year, and he actually saw, shot 66% all 82 games last year, playing about the same minutes also, so it seems like he's been used in a similar role. And That's good. With DeMar being a guy that he obviously knows that he's played with the last three years, that really helps. Comeback player of the year nominee, I think, would uh, would have to go to to Rudy Gay, who you know that Achilles injury was two years ago, but he played you know just fifty seven games last year. You know, at his age, it's hard to really recover from an Achilles injury. Yeah, because we kind of lost him around this time last year, didn't we? Yeah, or maybe had, a little he earlier. Had a stretch when he was out. Yeah, we didn't have him for like an important part of the season where you're trying to build up wins and position yourself for a good push at the end of the season. And I, I think, yeah, it's going to be really nice to have him for those games this year. Yeah. Hopefully we keep him for all the games, obviously. But, I mean, the, the configuration we have right now, especially with Rudy contributing on top of like DeMar's right. awesome play, been pretty big. Yeah, he's shooting a crazy efficient 48% from three this year, which is like one of the highest in the league. 51% from the four, which is, you know, his game is still primarily mid-range, but he's shown a lot of improvement getting to the rack. Seems like he's a lot more confident, really pushing it in transition and taking advantage of some mismatches. Yeah, just bodying guys right to the basket. Layups and dunks, I mean, he's getting like all the way there. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's pretty awesome. On top of the amazing shooting. Right. And talking about all these players, you know, really makes me uh, realize this might be one of the most offensively talented Spurs teams we've maybe ever seen in our fandom. Uh, it's up there, but it also makes you realize it's probably the worst defensive team <laughs> that we've ever that we've seen, seen in yeah. Spurs. Yeah, um, so far. 
Yeah, so far, I mean, this team. But has I mean, been... just yeah, just in terms of like the lineup we have. Yeah, it's hard to compare them to past teams. I mean, right. those are like some of the best teams of all time. Yeah, and, no and they're doubt. not offensively dominating in the way that most teams in the modern NBA are, though, which is interesting too. Yeah, you know, we don't well, have those those huge spot up three shooters. We do. Yeah, because we're not jacking pops, up all the time. Yeah, pops is never going to go to that. He's never going to uh, just. He's always going to try to make it be a team yeah. effort and use um, the whole court. Right. I mean, I think it's the right philosophy. Yeah, someone has to do it. Yeah, and you know our you know MVP so far it's without a question it's it's Demar Derozan. I, obviously, Lamarcus has had uh, a little bit of a step back from last year. You know, but he's but he's been producing. Yeah, of course. The last few and games. we love Lamarcus. It just seems like there's been a little bit of a you know when he's the primary guy he balled out last year. Yeah, and he and he, he knows that about himself. Yeah, that he when does it's, that when it's on himself. his shoulders he yeah. can he can handle it. Right. But, you know, he's back to being, like, the secondary player. But I feel like his shots have really improved. His looks have been a lot better this year. Yeah. Because of he the... He had some wide-open shots because, tonight. Yeah, because of the playmaker that DeMar has turned into. And we, we had a feeling that with Pop's tutelage that uh, DeMar would really become a much, you know, more complete player. Yeah, well-rounded. Um, right, really penetrating and looking for LaMarcus or looking for the open shooter. Yeah, and we're already, we're already seeing that kind yeah. of thing. Dishing yeah, the ball Lamar, out. I'm waiting for him to get that. Yeah. He's been close to a triple double yeah, several times yeah, he now. Has. He had 11 assists the other night, which yeah. like he never did with Toronto. Right, that's true. He's yeah, he's averaging over six this year, most of his career, and he's uh, he's getting better on defense. I will yeah. admit, I think he's really bought into it. I think part of that is what you saw tonight. He really brought that aggressiveness to the floor. All right, let's get into the up and down. That's an up and down. Spurs ball. Well, you know, the West is, um, and, you know, I know we don't curse a lot on this podcast, but the best word to describe it, it really is a cluster. <laughs> just because of, of how uh, of how close every team is. Because, so it's really hard to differentiate who's who's on the come up, who's on the who's on the decline. Rod, you got any, got oh, any yeah. clarification for me in the in the West? Who's? In the West, who's on the come? Um, come who's down? on the come up in the West? I got one for you. Other than the Spurs, right? Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, all right, okay. Despite the the loss to the Pelicans tonight, or not tonight, yesterday. Last night. Who knows when this is coming out? They lost to the Pelicans recently. Yes. AD dropped forty four. Mm-hmm. Hard to overcome that. Yep. But despite that, they're still third in the West and only a half game back from from Golden State at first. I think they could be the two seed at the when it's all said and done if Russ can think they, yeah. find out if, how if to they can maintain the why not? Yeah. Especially I mean yeah, I just think I like this Oklahoma City team a lot more than than last year. Yeah. I thought they were giving off a lot of important like opportunities to Carmelo Anthony and no. he wasn't capitalizing. Yeah. Just didn't work out. And they still haven't gotten Roberson back. He's been That's true. multiple setbacks. That's crazy. Yeah, they they would still be so good if he's if he comes back and like contributes defensively because that's that's huge for them. They're seven and three in their last ten though, but they're playing pretty average against Western Conference opponents. They're eight and seven against those teams, and yeah, they could end up in the second seed, but they could go on you know one losing streak and right. be at, be out of the playoff picture in two weeks or so. I don't think that'll happen though. They're playing really well. Um, I have the Grizzlies as an honorable mention in the West. They're oh, yeah. they're sixth right now, and they're getting back to the grind city thing. Yeah, they just smothered the Trailblazers. Yes, they did. Ninety two. CJ had forty still. Right? Ninety two, eighty three. That's what I've got in the West. My Trailblazers are the down in the Western Conference. 
They're uh, they dropped down to ninth because they were pretty. They were up there. Yeah, they were for, for a while. while. You know, they've lost their last two and eight of last eleven, and they're eight and ten against Western Conference teams. So they're a little behind the ball in the in the conference recent, especially recently. So, yeah, I, I don't know what their deal is. Like you said, CJ's still playing really well. He dropped forty, and they were still only able to muster eighty three against the Grizzlies. I'm not really. Yeah, that's a good question. Makes me it, sad. I thought they were they're one like of, they're my second. I thought my they were secondary one of the more team. balanced teams. Yeah, I know. With uh, with that backcourt, but it just seems like they have. It's either one or the other. It's yeah. like either CJ's going off or Dame's going off. They haven't really Stinks, been able man. to. It's to my tie backup it up team together in the last you know the most recent games. But I think they'll end up in the playoffs too. It, it's yeah. so hard to say who's going to yeah. be in that. Right they always now. end up higher than you you think they will. But I did want to say that. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Spurs' four-game win streak is the longest win streak in the West right now. Yes, I'm correct. Dallas has a three-game win streak right now. Okay. Uh, Houston has a two-game. That's the next longest streak. <laughs> That's pretty crazy to think about. Four-game yeah. win streak is the longest. Did Golden one. State have a win streak going, and then Toronto uh, beat them or something? I don't think they really had a win streak. They going didn't have now. one. Yeah. They've been pretty inconsistent too, but yeah. we we all know they're gonna find it. Eventually. Everybody's beating everybody. That's, yeah, pretty much. That's what makes it exciting. I don't know. You want to hear about the Eastern Conference? Sure. You want to just skip over it? Go for um, it. Obviously, the Boston Celtics are the up. Yeah. They've got that seven-game win streak going, which started when they were ten and ten. They were at five hundred, and now yeah. they're seventeen and ten. So that's a big swing. Obviously, they're still only up to fifth in the Eastern Conference. You know, it's a lot of back and forth, and Toronto's kind of sitting pretty right now. Yeah. So. I don't think anyone's going to challenge that for a while. Well, they're only three and a half games up right now. It's only because okay. they played a lot of game, a lot yeah. more games. Right uh, yeah, now. yeah. It's weird how that happens. Like yeah. some teams will have that, four last more year games that was on Boston. the schedule. Like Boston played a bunch of games early on. Yeah, because they were giving them more rest days because they went to London for one game or something. Yeah, in that seven-game win streak, there's some not so great teams. Yeah, they're in they're in kind Knicks, of a cupcake schedule Cavs, right now. Yeah, the Timberwolves. The Bulls and uh, and the Wizards. Also on the decline. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they did beat the Pelicans twice in that yeah. in that stretch. So yeah, they got a take pretty. The good, uh, take the they got to take advantage of this part of the schedule. If you're looking forward here, they got Hawks, Pistons, Suns. Yeah. They, so I mean, they can rattle off ten here, and then they play the Bucks. Either. They play the Bucks there on December 21st. So. Yeah, for sure. Their last loss was to the Mavs, though. And, and that the Mavs was have, that was like, on November. Lost at home or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That was November 24th. It was only two days after Thanksgiving, yeah. so it's been a while. Yeah. Celtics are looking good. Yes, they are. They're kind of falling back into into the, the roles that mm-hmm. made them successful last year. Um, they're coming back. It looked like they were dropping dropping off a little bit. And an honorable mention is a quick shout-out to Toronto because they swept the season series with the Warriors mm-hmm. in December. That somehow. rarely happens. So... Yeah, see well, you, games, yeah, I guess they'll just see each other in the finals, I yes, guess. Yes. And that's that'll be that. That'll be it. Who knows if Golden State will even get a win. Maybe it's Toronto's year. You mean they'll see the Lakers in the finals? <laughs> right. I mean, yes. Yeah. Okay. If it's not the Lakers, obviously it would be the Warriors, but just for the that narrative right there that because of the sweep, they wouldn't see each other for like months and then they play again. Okay. Down in the East, Chicago Bulls. Oh. The Bulls. I don't even have anything written. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> they suck. Bulls. Bulls are bad. Bulls are down. They're down and out. Hopefully that's a rest game for our guys. They're gonna, you know, they'll they'll get a good draft pick. Maybe they'll squander it. Who knows? 
Who knows? They're just the most like dysfun. Like yeah, the organization's what, a mess. What ex- expectations did that organization have coming into the season? Did they think they were going to be any better than a complete lottery? Like why yeah, would you know. fire Hoiberg? Why at the time that they at fired the time him? They did. Just give him the rest of the just season. Give him the rest of the year. Like, you're right? going to tank anyway. Yeah, you're Come not going to. It's not like I don't disagree with firing him. I don't. I didn't think he was a great coach or anything. But yeah, like, but nothing's gonna come change on. in the, like the course of a few months. Like, come on. Yeah. Just let it ride. Not gonna out. get any better or worse without this guy. Like, Ridiculous. I just. I know Bulls they, fans. They can't have been replace there. him mid-season. Can't Bulls they? fans have been calling for the uh, the GM's head. You know, for years and years yeah. now. So yeah, we'll see what's happening there. But man, the Bulls are a complete dumpster fire. Uh, I guess it's quiz time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to the quiz time. Uh, we got a Clippers quiz today. Roger won the last quiz. It was it was so many years ago. I I forgot almost um, that he won ago. one. Yeah, yeah. Years and years. It was a pre-Thanksgiving. Uh, you guys, you faked a you faked a vacation just to st- stop the clock and How kill my momentum, you, dude. Sir. If anything, you benefit from <laughs> there being less sir. quizzes in the season. <laughs> Roger, let's not Okay. I mean, it's so early. Come on. All right. Well, you're not going to make it to the quiz bowl on the wild card, so you got to just win the division. No, I mean, yes. It's, it's <laughs> kind of like the whole thing is the conference championship. It's... Wow, I can see you're taking this really seriously, Roger. I, I really like that. I like seeing that from you. Yeah, I'm just trying to go 1-0 every week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Nate, it will turn to you. Multiple choice quiz like we're used to. Your categories are an onerous man, L.A. or bust, end of season clip show, or the Spanish acquisition. Um, let's go L.A. Clip Show. End of season clip show? Yes. I was going to pick that one. In 2006, the Clippers made the playoffs for the first time in 10 years with a team that included Chris Kamen, uh, Sean Livingston, and Sam Cassell. Uh, Although they would lose in the second round to the Suns, their 4-1 win against this team marked the franchise's first ever postseason victory. That was probably a Steve Nash team they lost to. A, the Denver Nuggets. B, the L.A. Lakers, C, the Memphis Grizzlies, or D, the Sacramento Kings? It's 2006? Yes, sir. Sam Cassell was a hero in this game. Totally, totally balled out. I know you're a huge Clippers fan, so. I feel like I would have remembered it if it was the Clippers. You said the Ma- I mean, the Mavs, the Lakers. Uh, that was the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Grizzlies, and the Sacramento Kings. I'm going to go Nuggets. That is correct. Well done, Nate. You did. Wow. All right, Roger. The board will turn to you. Okay. Uh, your categories are an onerous man, L.A. or bust, or the Spanish acquisition. I will choose L.A. or bust. In the 1998 NBA draft, the Clippers selected this player with the first overall pick. This player's abysmal start in the league cemented him as one of the most notable NBA draft busts of all time. After Kareem Abdul-Jabbar himself was hired to coach the young star and was still unable to prevent them from finishing out the lockout season with a laughable 9-41 and record. You look like you know this one. No. Mm-hmm. no. A, Sean Bradley. B, Michael Olawakandi. Or C, C.J. Williams. <laughs> C, J. Williams. Or D, Robert Trailer. Robert Trailer. Is that even a per- No, that's not my final answer. Is that a person? I don't even know who that is. In the dark over here. It just sounds like a name you made up. Uh, what are my options again? <laughs> that would be A, Sean Bradley. B, Michael Oloakant. <laughs> B, Michael Oloakant. C, J. Williams. Or D, Robert Trailer. 
I'm going to go with uh, Michael Kwandi. That is correct. Yes. Ah, there you go. All right, 1-1. One, one. The, the button. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Way to go, Roger. On the board. Respect that. Nathan, your categories are an onerous man or the Spanish acquisition. We'll do the onerous man. Ex-Clippers owner Donald Sterling is maligned as one of the worst NBA owners in league history. Among many acts of racism, vitriol, and general incompetence, the one that most exemplified his abysmal basketball acumen was the hiring of this first ballot Hall of Famer as VP of Operations without Sterling even knowing that he had ever played in the NBA. A. Bob Cousy. B. Willis Reed. C. Jerry West. Or D. Elgin Baylor. All right, well, Jerry West is there now, so I'm assuming not Jerry West. He hired him without even knowing that he had ever played in the NBA, and he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he just did terrible, or what? I mean, it's the Clippers in, in the 80s and 90s. First mm-hmm. ballot Hall of mm-hmm. Famer. So Bob Cousy. Willis Reed, Jerry West, or Elgin Baylor? Um, I'm going to go Bob Cousy. That is incorrect. Oh, that's what I would have gone with. Kuz. Elgin Baylor, which is Elgin always the Baylor. answer when you guys think it's not the answer. How could you hire a guy named Elgin Baylor and be like, nah, this guy didn't play in the yeah. NBA? He's the one most incompetent NBA owner of all time, Roger. That's how. All right, all right that's Roger. True. Yeah. To put it in the bag, the Spanish acquisition. The Clippers drafted Blake Griffin first overall in the 2009 NBA draft. Spanish point guard Ricky Rubio was drafted fifth that year, making him the fifth highest drafted international player in league history. All of the following international players were drafted higher than Rubio, except A. Pau Gasol, B. Andrea Bargnani, C. Nikolov Kitishvili, or D. Darko Milicic, B. Andrea Bargnani, and A. Pau Gasol, the only name that I can actually pronounce on that list. Yeah. What year was it? I want to say, yeah. 2009? Uh, well, that was, just the, that was just my really, really loose Ricky Rubio. <laughs> kind of yeah, like connection to this question. <laughs> Sometimes it's really hard. The Clippers are a really unremarkable team, aside from really bad things that happen to them. Yeah, that's true. A lot of those. So there's that. They have that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Nikolai Nikolov Kitishvili. Kitishvili. That is correct. Wow. Roger will take it home. I just went with the ones they were hard to pronounce every time. <laughs> Wow, way to go, Roger. 3-1 series lead, dude. 3-1. I'll, pray, I'll probably blow it. It's fine. I believe you could do it. Anyway, congratulations to Roger. Uh, wow, what a what a nail-biter of a, of a win there. That was crazy. It was on the tip of my tongue. I, was I just went with the ones that you stumbled over the most. <laughs> and it could worked you, out. Did you tell I was nervous? Were you reading me? Are you in my head? Get out of my head, Charles. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, guys, it's so good to be back with another episode of Take It or Leave It. Hopefully, we will see you... Next week, almost certainly. Please? Or we'll be gone for another fortnight and a half. It, we're, it is getting to be Christmas time, but we'll see. We can. We might be able to get in one next next week. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, you know, I guess if we stop recording for several weeks, the Spurs will just continue to win for a long period of time. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we'll, we'll turn it around. Especially anyway. if I leave Texas. Yeah. Which yeah. I, well, I will. Get on out of here. Yeah. Get on up on out of here. Take your win on the road, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Maybe the Trailblazers will get good while I'm in Portland. That'd be an interesting data point to add to the superstition. Go to a Trailblazers game. That'd be fun. Anyway, uh, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Later. Take It or Leave It Season 2 is a proud production of the Chandy Global Podcast Network. 
hosted by Nathan Fernandez and Roger Craycroft, produced by Chandler Holloway, featuring baseball correspondent Ross Newman and visual assets by Asha Kasethi. The music was produced by The Strokes, Los Campesinos, Alan Toussaint, Setsuo Yamamoto, and the Brothers Chaps. You can follow us on SoundCloud for new updates on episodes coming out every Friday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Our SoundCloud page is soundcloud.com forward slash chandyglobal. That's soundcloud.com forward slash C-H-A-N-D-Y global. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash takeyourtoleaveit512, all one word. It's a great way to interact with the show's hosts and stay up to date with new news on the podcast. Also give us a follow on our Twitter account. Our Twitter handle is at tioli512. That's at T-I-O-L-I-512. And of course, you can always follow our host, Nathan Fernandez. His Twitter handle is at NathanPF1. Great guy, plenty of great tweets. I'd give him a follow. I read. Thanks a lot for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week.